The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And boy, do we have an action-packed edition of your dish today with Dave O on Clubhouse Conversation. As the Royals move to 59 and 38 and tie a franchise record with their sixth straight winning month dating back to last year as KC takes two out of three from Houston. Oh, and there was a minor roster move made today, right? Johnny Cueto, we're going to get all to that here in about 15 seconds on Clubhouse Conversation. We will also break down today's finale with Houston and we'll get into the 10-game road trip and break down all three games with Cleveland as well coming up here in about five minutes but let's start today with the trade and probably the biggest July trade in the history of this franchise for sure over the last 25 years as the Royals go get Johnny Cueto from the Reds look up ace in the dictionary and besides the car definition you'll get in the hardware store that John Madden used to do the commercials for. Outside of that, you'll see Johnny Cueto's picture in there with Clayton Kershaw and Madison Bumgarner and on and on with current day uh, Major League starting pitchers. This is a huge deal for the Royals. And I got lots of tweets at Royals Clubhouse saying, are you happy with this deal? Absolutely. I love this deal. And I didn't think the Royals 24 hours ago, 48 hours ago would make this deal. Before last night, when you started hearing all the the smoke. And when there's smoke, there's fire. So you pretty much figured this deal would get done today once you heard about Michael Lorenzen going out there to the bullpen and since you're in Colorado and saying, hey, Johnny, I'm warming up because I'm starting. You've been traded. And then it turns out he wasn't traded. And Cueto goes out and throws eight shutout innings against the Rockies. So you figure from that point on, Cueto says, I'm going to get traded. I'm upset. Volquez says, I want to get this guy. You figure it's going to happen. But I didn't think the Royals could pull this off. And I'll tell you why. Because I knew Dayton Moore, number one, would not give up, as he shouldn't, Raul Mondesi in a trade. So I knew Mondesi was completely off the table. And I never thought it would probably take Mondesi to get Cueto just because you do not get the chance to give him a qualifying offer, which means you do not get a draft pick with Cueto when he signs somewhere else this winter. So knowing that, I mean, you're trading for strictly a rental, 12 to 15 starts-ish. So I knew Mondesi wasn't going to be in play because the Reds can't get a prospect of that caliber for that amount of time for Johnny Cueto. But I figured Sean Manaya would probably have to be in that deal. And that's a guy I've been on record as saying I would deal for a Carlos Gomez. I would deal him for a Jay Bruce. Somebody you have under contract the rest of this year and next year who plays every day, who further solidifies your outfield. Uh, that's somebody I would give up Manaya for. By the way, I would not give him up for Ben Zobras, if you're wondering. I do not think the Royals should go and overpay for Ben Zobras now, although I do think there'll be at least one more trade made. There will be a utility infielder acquired unless the Royals get Zobras. That's for sure one more thing they'll do. But getting back, I didn't think this trade would happen for those reasons. I didn't think it was possible to get Cueto without giving up Manaya. And I thought the Royals could offer them Finnegan and Bonifacio and get the deal done. Maybe Starling and Finnegan and get the, you know, the deal done. I didn't really want to give up Starling either. He's not quite in the untouchable category for me. But he's having a hell of a year, and he's not too far from there, just knowing the ability he has, and he's finally getting enough at-bats where you can see it coming out. But Dayton goes for the jugular and pulls this off without depleting the farm system. He got Cueto for, I mean, it's a fair trade for both teams because the Reds do get three left-handed pitchers, three of the four 
three of the four best the Royals have in their system, of course, outside of Manaya, in Cody Reed, John Lamb, and Brandon Finnegan. So the Royals did give up a lot in this trade. So the Reds got a lot for a rental player. But the Royals didn't really overpay for Cueto. I thought it was a good trade for both teams, and I especially love it for the Royals. Let's start with Cueto, though. So the second lowest ERA amongst all pitchers since 2011 with more than 100 starts. He's second with a 2-5-1 in that time stretch. The only guy ahead of him, Clayton Kershaw with a 2-1-6. So Johnny Cueto, an ace there. This year, 2-6-2 ERA and 130 and two-thirds. It's a guy, Cueto, who's 29 years old, who does have some minor injury concerns, but not really when you look back at the numbers. He's been very durable throughout his career. There was some concern of his elbow, and after all those big walks in the start before the one against the Rockies, that maybe he was breaking down. The Royals obviously don't believe that, and he showed that last night most likely to be false. And the good thing is the Royals are only, like I said, needing him to hold up for 15 starts. So that's good news. Cueto's going almost seven innings per start this year, 130 and two-thirds innings, 6.85 innings per outing. That's 19 starts. That's over. Was an all-star last year when he won 20 games. 20 and nine for Cueto with a 2-2-5 last year. I love this the best. A K per inning. Through 243 and two-thirds last year and struck out 242. Struck out a hitter per inning and a guy who hasn't had an ERA over 282 since 2010. Hasn't been over three since 2010. And he's reunited now with you know, former teammate Edinson Volquez in what now becomes quite the formidable rotation for the Royals going into the playoffs. You look at Cueto anchoring the rotation. Danny Duffy, who continues to throw six-plus innings, five straight starts, and rack up the quality starts. So right, left, right. Cueto, Duffy, Volquez, your top three. And then the fourth is either Ventura, who had a heck of a start today, Danny, or uh, you know Chris Young, or Jeremy Guthrie. So those are the three possibilities for the fourth. I do not believe the Royals will acquire another pitcher at this point. I think just the utility player, and that's probably it. That's probably all they need is a really good utility infielder. The fact that Alex Rios is hitting, we'll, de- we'll, we'll detail Rios' numbers, by the way, over the last 15 games coming up in a few minutes as well. Let's go over real quick. We went over Cueto. The Royals giving up Brandon Finnegan. We know his story, obviously. First-round pick out of TCU last year. The first player in the history of baseball to pitch in both the CWS and the MLBWS in the same year. 5'11 lefty. This year was quite good for the Royals. And over his times at the big league level with the Royals, had a 2.59 ERA during the regular season. 31 Ks and 31 and a third. A guy who is... Behind the scenes, fairly frustrated with his role with the Royals and being sent up and down so much. Wanted to be a starter. Uh, So it's probably good for both sides. Finnegan enjoyed his time here in KC. He'll always love the Royals. But a a nice fresh start for him where he can be extended and become a starter full-time and focus just on that since his team, the Reds, have not too much to play for the remainder of 2015. So a good move for Finnegan. A guy who I see almost as a Will Smith, and that's a stud left-handed MLB reliever, almost a Jeremy Affelt. I see him like trending towards that type of career. I don't know that Finnegan at 5'11", and just the fact that I don't know that he'll hold up as a starter, I, I don't know that he'll have I think he'll be one of those nice swing man that can start in a pinch, but that can give you two, three innings and be a shutdown lefty out of the bullpen. So that's, that's a damn valuable piece. I mean, I think Finnegan's going to have a great major league career, but I'm not sold on him doing it 
at best as a number three MLB starter. I don't see that happening, though. I, I don't see Fennigan sticking in the rotation long term. A guy who I do see sticking is John Lamb, the second piece in this trade, the 6'4", 25-year-old lefty the last two years with Omaha. Uh, the strikeouts have been there. 131 Ks last year in 138 innings. 96 Ks this year in 94. Had a 397 last year. This year a 267. Coming back from the elbow injuries, velocity has come back for John Lamb very nicely. I do see him as a number four major league starter. I think John Lamb will have a nice three to five, six years as a formidable mid to back into the rotation starter. So that's a nice piece. To me, John Lamb might be the best piece that the Reds got today. Him and Finnegan both, though, will definitely, in my opinion, do very well for the Reds for the next several years on that team. Now, Cody Reed is kind of the lottery ticket in this deal. And he's a 6'5 lefty the Royals took in the second round back in 2013 out of a community college in Mississippi. Very disappointing for Reed his first couple of years. You know, granted, half season, short season league there with Idaho Falls in 2013 when he had a 607 ERA. Last year combined for a 546 there at Lexington was just three and nine. But probably the biggest jumper in the system this year. I talked to JJ Piccolo just two weeks ago and he said, if you would have told me Colby Reed, you know, Colby. What I call yeah, that's right. I call him Colby. If you Cody, if you would have told me JJ said if you would have told me Cody Reed would be a double A, I wouldn't have believed you at this point. We didn't expect that. He's exceeded expectations this year. So Reed's a very nice piece as well. Five and five at Wilmington with a two one four at Northwest Arkansas two and two with a three four five. Hundred and sixty seven Ks in two hundred nine and two thirds minor league innings. He is missing bats better this year. Is Reed with eighty four and ninety six innings. So I the way this comes down to me is. It's doubtful to me that Reed necessarily has the kind of career that Finnegan or Lamb is going to have. I do believe he will, obviously, ha- you know, get some MLB experience. He'll log some time, a guy with big-time talent, and he's not close to being fully developed. So you look at the last two years, they're not good, but he's not a guy who's in the major leagues where you can say, oh, he's, he's not 29. I mean, he's a young kid. So Reed definitely has a ceiling left on him. He could become the quote-unquote steal of this deal. I don't think so. I see Cody Reed as more of the Everett Tiford type, cup of coffee, up and down, here and there. And I see, like I said, Lamb as a number, probably four MLB starter, and Finnegan as a nice shutdown reliever. So that's what the Royals gave up for a guy who hopefully will help them win their first World Series in 30 years, since 1985, and help them finish off this division, their first you know, division title since 1985. And let me get a sip of water here. Hang on. There we go. Sorry. Anyway, a win for both teams in this trade. I, I don't. I, I just think both teams made out well, and I, and I think Dayton Moore did not overpay. That's the important thing. Like I said, the important thing number one is he kept Mondesi and and Manaya as well. I mean, the Royals still have Kyle Zimmer down there. There are plenty of still big time arms left after this. And you've got to feel pretty good where you're at going forward with the rotation. Even losing Cueto at the end of this year, for next year you've still got locked up Duffy. Ventura, Volquez. Vargas will be back in two years. You can bring back Guthrie if you wanted to, obviously. And there'll be other options the Royals have as well. Not to mention Manaya could be ready next year. Zimmer could be stretched out. So the Royals have plenty of internal options. you got Pedro Fernandez moving up. Eric Skoglund, Alec Mills. You go all up and down. They still have plenty of pitching in the minor league system. That's something we've been talking about the last several weeks here on Clubhouse Conversation. The most pitching depth I've ever seen in my 25-plus years of really uh, you know, looking at the Royals minor league system. So that's good to see, and that allowed the Royals to make this trade. All right, so a win there for both teams, a trade that I think definitely makes the Royals the favorites if they weren't already to repeat as American League champions.
So uh, that's that. Can't wait to see Volquez in his first start coming up on Thursday against the Toronto Blue Jays. Now let's get to this game and let's also preview the Cleveland series. First of all, player of the game today for the 5-1 to W over the Astros, your Donald Ventura has to be him. Back-to-back night. Last night it was Duffy, the starting pitcher, who won player of the game tonight. Uh, today, Ventura. Uh, seven innings. One run. Six hits, the most importantly, no walks with 5Ks. No walks for Ventura in 5Ks in seven innings. That's big. I was a bit skeptical coming into today. Never even left Kansas City, never even drove to Omaha. Would that be enough? You know, we know it turned it around for Mike Moustakis last year, just going down there for about 10 days. Ventura never officially went down there, but was it a wake-up call? I don't know. I, I, I'm i not sure about that. I, to me, his stuff looked better today than normal. Crisper out of the hand, and I, and I tweeted that early on. The ball was just dancing more up there. The, the the secondary pitch command was better today. He just looked better, more fluid, more confident. And let's give Drew Butera a lot of credit. I mean, it's not Butera who made the pitches, so we're not going to give him that much credit. But let's do give him some credit, you know, for working with Ventura, for keeping him positive today, uh, for keeping him calm. Ventura, seven ground outs, six fly outs, threw 97 pitches in those seven innings. Goes deep in the game, uh, banging strikes, 61 to be exact. Two perfect innings out of Luke Hochaver and Franklin Morales get the job done for the Royals today. Nice job by Ventura, who earns his third player of the game of the season here on Clubhouse Conversation. Definitely exceeded expectations today. And that bullpen is nice and fresh going into Cleveland. Literally everybody, except maybe Hochaver, who got hot last night and pitch today. Maybe Hoach Haver's not available, but pretty much the entire bullpen, 100% good to go going into Cleveland, and the Royals have a full week next week with no off days. They have their next off day a week from tomorrow, so it's nice to have a fresh bullpen going in there, and also nice to get a, an innings eater like Volk, you know, uh, Cueto in your rotation, and having a guy like Duffy who's starting to give you innings, and Jeremy Guthrie gave you seven the other day, and Ventura seven. That's good news. The Royals need innings out of the rotation. So huge day for Yardano Ventura offensively for KC. All season long, Dallas Keuchel had only given up four runs in the first inning. That's all season. And the Royals get four just in tonight's first inning with two out RBIs from Omar Infante. The big one, the first one driving in two on the single to left. And then Chesler Cuthbert right down the line, a double, knocks in two more. Four runs in the first inning for the Royals. Huge. Lorenzo Kane, after the Astros come back and grab one on the top of the second, restores the order and the lead for the Royals. And that would be it. That'd be all the scoring we had today. A solo shot for Kane, his 11th of the year. Are we starting to see his power really go to the next level? I think so. I'd be surprised if Kane doesn't hit 17 to 19 home runs this year. He's at 11 right now and really hitting them at a big pace in the last 10 to 14 days. And another guy we need to talk about over that time is Alex Rios. I promised you earlier some stats. The last 15 games for Rios, he's OPSing 951. A home run in there, several extra base hits, three RBIs, three walks, 12 runs, and two stolen bases the last 15 games. 12 runs for Rios means on its own he's getting on base, well over a 400 clip. But yeah, the 951 OPS over the last 15 for Rios, who had two more hits today, along with Kane, and a three-hit game for Kendrys Morales. What a nice job the Royals had on this homestand. Four and two. You know, with Pittsburgh and Houston, two of the best five teams in the major leagues, you take four out of six from them. 
You lose a highly contested game in the middle in St. Louis that perhaps if you had Chesler Cuthbert or a utility infielder on your bench that we keep talking about, perhaps you would have won that game. So perhaps you would have had even a phenomenal week, but it's still a great week for the Royals going four and three. Now, the final stretch here of the dish today is previewing this road trip and especially the three games against Cleveland. The Royals need six and four or five and five on this trip. Realistically, five and five is fine. Once you're 21 games over 500 and you have a seven and a half game lead and you're nearing August, just hold your own. Hold fort. The Royals don't have to play 650 ball. The Royals just need to keep playing over 500. The Royals play over 500 from here on out. They'll win the division with 92 wins. That's going to happen if they if they continue to play just even one game over 500 from here on out. That's all the Royals have to do to get to 92 wins and get the division. So just hold fort on this road trip. The Royals' schedule is getting softer, but you can't let up. you still got to finish this thing out. still got a long ways to go. So on this trip, you start off with Cleveland, who is, to me, just the most disappointing team in the AL Central. I picked Detroit fourth going into the season at 81 and 81. So there's no surprise to me Detroit is struggling, and they're not disappointing to me. They're about what I thought they were. The Twins are better than I thought. The most surprising, but Cleveland is definitely the most disappointing team. I had I, I, Cleveland winning 90 games this year. You look at that rotation, the lineup, it's just not turning out how it should. Tito Francona, I mean, a team that has uh, not great defensively. They've gotten better. Just getting rid of Chisholm helps that, right? Cleveland just 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Losers of four in a row coming off a sweep against the White Sox. They're now 14 out of first, so they're gone as far as the division goes, obviously. Six and a half out of the wild card, nearly gone there as well because there's so many teams in front of them. Cleveland just about out. They're whimpering. The Royals can step on them. They're the roach that you step on. You try to kill it like nine different times. and it will. You know those roaches that won't die when you step on them? That's Cleveland right now. They're about seven steps in. The Royals can pretty much – the Royals can finish them off with a series victory this weekend, I feel like, especially going into the trade deadline. So the Royals have, are seeing a team that's just not – has quit pitching recently. Since the All-Star break, which we'll detail now. The first matchup of the series is Corey Anderson, who the Royals have never seen, versus Edinson Volquez. Volquez 9-5 with a 3-1-5. Anderson's 2-1 with a 1-9-1. Now, Corey Anderson, 24 years old, right-hander. It'll be his sixth big league appearance and sixth big league start. Last time got hit hard at Milwaukee, allowing four runs on ten hits in just two and two-thirds. So the Royals will see him for the first time. We know how that usually seems to go with this team, but we'll see what happens with Volquez going, coming off a big-time outing against Pittsburgh. Seven and two-thirds, one run, eight Ks and eight hits his last outing. Volquez faced Cleveland just once back on May the 7th in that blister game where we first had the issue with that, the nastiness. Three innings, three runs on two hits in that game back in May against Cleveland. Chris Young, Jeremy Guthrie finish out this series pitching-wise. Both of those two pitching for their rotation lives. The Ventura today sewed up at least a few more starts in the rotation. You'd like to see what kind of effect Cueto can have on him as well. And then that's something else, not to mention the fact that Cueto's a stud and anchors your pitching staff. He's an ace. But also, we've seen guys like Omar Infante mentor Alcides Escobar. We've seen James Shields mentor Danny Duffy. And now, hopefully, Johnny Cueto, a guy that Ventura looks up to, can get through even further. Him and Volquez can kind of tag team Ventura and get through to him further. Because that's been the one knock on Ventura that he does not really listen well sometimes. 
So hopefully as somebody that can get through some more veteran leadership will be good for Ventura as well. So, I mean, there's several intangibles. But the point being, the fifth, start, uh, fifth starter in the Royals rotation now is up in the air between Chris Young and Jeremy Guthrie. Probably whoever pitches better in this next go-through will retain that spot. The other one moves to the bullpen with Joe Blanton being DFA'd or perhaps someone having a mysterious injury that keeps them out till the rosters expand. September 1st. That's my prediction on what happens. But Chris Young, one outing against Cleveland this year. He's 8-6 and six with a 3-3-2 against Trevor Bauer, who was really turning the corner, but now has begun to get lit up again. 8-7 and seven with a 4-2-9. Bauer in his last start gave up six runs on six hits and in six innings. Has been good against the Royals. 1-0 with a 3-6-8 in two outings for Bauer against KC. Young has seen Cleveland once, allowed six runs in four innings. That did not go so well. And the last game of the series is Jeremy Guthrie like I said, against Corey Kluber. Guthrie, 7-6 and six with a 5-3-5. Coming off seven innings, a four-run ball against Houston. Guthrie recovered well and saved that start by going seven. A nice job by Jeremy in that outing. Seven innings, four runs will be fine from him the rest of the way, by the way. That's fine for a number five starter for the Royals. So Guthrie and Kluber going in the finale. Jeremy, this season, two no decisions versus Cleveland. And Kluber, the Royals have gotten him good this year. 0-3. Surely Kluber's got to beat him once, doesn't he? 0-3 with a 5-8-5 against KC this year is Kluber. That's 13 runs earned in 20 innings. Coming off another rough outing. Like I said, Corey Anderson rough outing. Trevor Bauer rough outing. Same thing with Kluber against the White Sox. Gave up six runs in seven innings. His last start. So we will see what happens coming up, uh, you know, tomorrow night again here on Clubhouse Conversation. Like I said, find a way to just go at least five and five or six and four on this road trip that gets you into August. You come home in August, at least 21 games over 500. You got to believe you have at least a six and a half, six game lead at that point, and you can really go to work and take out teams like the Twins head to head when you start playing them coming up here again later on, and hopefully keep building and maintaining that lead and see what you can do down the stretch. But getting Cueto helps, especially. uh, and then, you know, playoffs, that rotation becomes so formidable. So an exciting day for the Royals overall, getting Cueto, getting the series win versus Houston, and having a nice week, 4-3 and three against three very good baseball teams. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night. Go Royals, and keep it here for all your favorite Royals interviews weekly from your favorite current and former players on Clubhouse Conversation, at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook, and you can subscribe to us here through the site as well. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.